Fulhamish is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Fulhamish Extra, your weekly dose of Fulham previews, which this week focus on the championship's nadir, the deadline day and the day where Fulham's automatic ambitions will be either slashed or made a reality. My name is Jack Collins and with me tonight in the studio is Farrell Monk. Hello boys and girls. And Ben Jarman. Extra. We've also got Sammy James out in the field doing some live reporting for us, which is, which is very exciting. Just to say that this season, Fulhamish is backed by Labrooks, and for exclusive specials and promotions, head to bet.fulhamish.co.uk. So, boys, without further ado, let's crack into Birmingham. Farrell, what are your initial thoughts about this big trip on Sunday to the black country? I am thoroughly excited for Birmingham on Sunday. It's going to be a cracking day out. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I hope it falls our way, but it's, you know, these are the kind of football games that you you live for, you you attend football for, you know, it's do or die, and I'm looking forward to it. But, you know, it's not going to be a rollover from our respect. You know, Birmingham are at the wrong end of the table, but they've got it all to play for. They still need to make sure results go their way somewhat if they don't pick up, if they don't pick up a win. Um, and, you know, it's going to be an absolutely feisty affair up in the sort of black country. Yeah, no, I did realise almost <laughs> as soon as I said that, that the black country is definitely not quite Birmingham. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll live and learn. Ben, your you know initial thoughts on, on the trip? What, what, what do you expect from Birmingham City? Uh, I'm expecting a really tough game. As, as Farrell says, they're at the wrong end of the table fighting for their lives at the moment. So at the, at, my thoughts are that it's a, a trip of excitement, but also with a, a, a hint of intrepidation actually going up there in the fact that they are can, they can be quite a dangerous team. And under Cottrell, they went on a quite a long unbeaten run for a while, just uh, after the Christmas period. Um, they actually looked fairly dangerous before the wheel sort of fell off for a while. Um, they never seem to have recovered from letting go of Gary, uh, of Rowett. So um, I'm... I'm I'm really fancying that we'll get away with three points there and hopefully, fingers crossed, if the football gods are looking on us in the right way, looking for a team to play the right way in the Premier League, that they will they will shine upon us and they will let us go up and that Cardiff will have to go uh, to the Premier League, hopefully, via, via the playoffs. So, obviously, Birmingham, like you said, do have some decent players and there is one player in particular who you know is revered amongst Fulham's rivals, for a, a heartbreaking goal that, that sent Brentford to their first ever win over Fulham mm. in 20 years or whatever it was. That player is Yotta, who was also rumoured to be joining the Whites in the summer um, and it didn't quite go to plan. He's obviously their danger man and uh, has been involved in pretty much everything good about Birmingham City. Will Fulham have a plan to deal with him? Well, of course they will, but I don't think it'll be as specific as how do we stop Yotta because there's 10 other players on the pitch that they've got to, they've got to have a plan for. I think the way that Savisa plans is always to stop uh, the collective players. As I've said in many, many pods, that football is a collective game and it, it, it's never an individual game. And whilst individualism drives football, it's always up to collective, so you have to stop the team. Um, Yotta will be the kind of guy that will get there and he will he will stick out because of the quality. But there are other players in there, as you rightly say, Jack, in the introduction to the question, there are other players there, like so David Davis, who's, who's a good player as well. 
Um, and they've got a good, they've got a good quality of set pieces as well. Like Harley Dean knows how to get up. He's he's a very good central defender. And we obviously know about him from his time at Brentford as well. Farrell, Birmingham still in a relegation scrap and very much not out of the woods in that regard. How will that affect their mindset going into the game? Well, it could go to one of two ways. You know, we they could be really, really up for it, um, a la Fulham in the Great Escape, or they could um, completely capitulate a la Fulham in when they got relegated against Stoke. Um, Birmingham do have history, though. Um, it was not maybe well, two or three seasons ago when they stayed up with a, a last-minute uh, equaliser against Bolton away to keep them up that time. So, you know, they're going to be absolutely fighting for it. But the permutations of which means the the pressure isn't isn't hugely on. You know, it's it's kind of if they draw, they're okay. If they lose, it they've got they they've got three teams below them that need to win for them to 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 actually go down. There are plenty of permutations in the other game which matters to us this weekend as well, which is Cardiff against Reading. Reading capitulated without to managerless Ipswich 4-0 at home on Saturday. That kind of result is another one which can do two things. It can either absolutely dishearten a team who you know, have just continued to really underachieve this season or it can spark some sort of fight in them and the pure embarrassment... Ala Fulham at Sunderland in, in December. Pure embarrassment really start to make players play for each other. Do you think that Reading have enough in the tank to even cause problems for Cardiff? Every team has the capability to beat another team in this division. And why it's such a massive cliche, it's, it's the truth. There's a reason why people say it so much. Reading do have quality. They've got Aluko, Barrow, Chris Martin. You know, they've got a couple of good midfield players in there. They've got quality enough at the back, I think, to stay up. But they just need to pull together. That Ipswich defeat kind of felt like they were all on the beach a little bit in the fact that one of the goals was absolute shambles in the fact that this this um, the defenders tried to head the ball back to the keeper who's tried to clear it and it just hits the um, the Ipswich player just straight in the midriff and he's got a completely open goal to roll in. I think at that point it was 3-0 to go up 3-0. Ipswich never looked like they were... Um, sorry, Reading looked like they would never be in the game. But... Ipswich, Ipswich weren't exactly amazing on the day, and Ipswich haven't been amazing all season. I think it's you know testament in in that regard that Ipswich haven't been amazing all season. They weren't very good against Reading, and they still came away four nil. Is probably the most worrying of all the signs that you know a, a particularly poor Ipswich side who have very much fallen away since a good early start can just comprehensively destroy Reading like that. And this is a Reading which comprises players like just Dave Edwards, who's someone that caused Fulham mega problems you know John Swift and Liam Kelly who are both being touted as future internationals you know we, like we say we all know what Aluka can do Mo Barrow's a decent enough player you know and that's led at the back by this kind of you know what was last year like an unbreakable axis of Moore and McShane and it just doesn't add up almost as to how they've capitulated this season well it shows how you know you can take a talented group of individuals but confidence goes a lot towards that and you know you might even look at Fulham earlier on in the season as you quite rightly say like you know we looked so unconfident at, for large periods of the initial part of the season that you know the team is almost unrecognisable the fact that we did manage to pull this game together and now you know we feel like we can take on any team that comes before us whereas Reading on the other hand they're pretty much the same team that it was last year bar a couple here and there and it's 
again, unrecognisable. And, you know, they are a talented group of players. We have seen how good they could be. And yet now they look like just a lorry load of crap, basically. It's interesting elsewhere in the division to to have a little look at the permutations of what's happening. If Fulham do end up third and in that playoff place, there is still a little bit of a battle for sixth spot going. Derby obviously have control of the battle and are in sixth, but they're only two points clear of Preston. And both of those teams are also playing uh, relegation favourites. The chances are that Middlesbrough can't be caught um, by Derby. The the goal difference would be almost too much to swing. So it looks like it's going to be Villa in fourth and Middlesbrough in fifth and either Derby or Preston in sixth. Have you any particular preference of those two sides as to who you'd want if Fulham were to end up in third spot? My preference is Preston. Absolutely. I think that the, the, the quality of their squad, although pretty good, um, they've done well to... to stay in that battle and get there but I think that especially since that what the run that Derby are now on incredibly considering the run they were on beforehand I think that now they've got the confidence and as you know another cliche you know they're hitting the form at the right time but I'd prefer to play to play Preston truth be told I think that the quality shows uh, shines throughout if you look at the most recent lineup but uh, fixture between the two teams Derby caused us more problems uh, than Preston did on the day, even though the scoreline was exactly identical. Ben, I feel completely the other way around. I really, I really do. I, I think Preston are a team that's probably going to be built for the playoffs, you know, once they got there. Because I don't think I've ever seen a team give us such a hard time over a lengthy period of the, of a game than Preston did in that away game. We were very, very lucky to come away with that win. They pressed us really, really high for bang on about 80 minutes. And it was at that point where Fulham really... The, the intensity of the football and the brand of football we play shone through and I think over two legs Preston would probably give us two harder games than Derby would I think if we were to play against Derby a team that as we discussed a couple of weeks ago are ageing quite heavily in their midfield and are are capable of absolutely falling apart I mean they lost five like four or five nil to Sunderland um, only a few games ago like there is a tendency for them to fall apart I think we could play through Derby the team I really, really want to avoid, but we haven't spoken about yet because they're slightly hu- uh, uh, slightly higher up the table, is Middlesbrough. I definitely do not want to be playing a Pulis team in the playoffs at any at any stage. I think they would they would do very very well against us. Although we did beat them, not with a particularly great performance, I think that they could do us over two legs. I think that there's uh, is very much Middlesbrough are the team to avoid. I don't think that will be playing Middlesbrough, if I'm perfectly honest, and, you know, touch wood and all, all the all the necessities. But it looks like if they'd have to lose by three, Derby would have to win by three, and then I think the goal difference would swing. I mean, what it's about not, the playoff final when we get there? That's something, look, we're going to hope that they just slog it out with Villa for, and everyone <laughs> gets injured. But you're, you're right, <laughs> Villa, Borough have just gone under the radar for the last sort of seven or eight weeks and they've just won and they've just kept winning or, or not dropping points and and getting through there and, and a lot of people they were bear in mind they were ninth or so when they played Leeds and I remember watching it beforehand and when just before they played Leeds they said this is our last hurrah if we don't get three points here 
then we're going to count ourselves out of the playoffs. And since then, they've just kept winning. They forced themselves up, not even to sixth to fifth, and they're on a bit of a head of steam and, yeah. and kind of a bit of a train, which I don't fancy I'm, playing. At I'm talking about trains. One has just started scoring all over again in Britta Sambalonga, who's mm. come back from a, a fairly long-term injury and is now just absolutely banging them in. And him and Adama Traore... Jesus, man, I'm quite scared of both of them, to yeah. be honest. You, got, you think back to right at the beginning of the of the 23 unbeaten run, and you know we got an incredibly lucky result against against Middlesbrough, and that was the you know probably the last time that we were particularly dominated for the pretty much the, the whole game, and that was the last time, and that was you know when Pulis first started first started there, maybe two or three games into his reign, really, um, and you know they they do have quality throughout and. Pulis has now had enough time to sort of install his 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 system, and you know, I I it's one that to avoid. I very much can see us going up there, getting a third minute Rudy Gestead header, and then not no one scoring for the next 180 minutes of football, <laughs> and it would just be the bleakest thing of, of all time. I think that would be. I'd argue they'd be worse than Reading that, than yeah. watching ourselves oh. get bustled out by a Pulis Middlesbrough side. Yeah. Well, before we play any of these playoff rivals, or hopefully don't have to at all, we have to go through Birmingham City. And so, as ever, we thought we'd get you a view from the opposition camp. Sammy caught up with Birmingham podcaster Tim Arstall and started off by asking how his nerves are ahead of Sunday's huge match. It's in our hands going into the weekend. And compared to, say, past relegation battles like good old 2012, when Lee Clark managed to nearly take us down and heroically keep us up, I'm feeling more confident than then. But... Like Birmingham City, the kind of club we are, if the odds are actually stacked in our favour to not go down, I feel like we may well slip up. And you guys are just killing it at the moment. So, yeah, a bit of nerves, I'd say. Well, exactly. The fixture list hasn't exactly uh, been terribly kind to you here uh, with some of your relegation rivals uh, facing easier propositions than what you have to face uh, this weekend. But it would still take quite an extraordinary set of results for Blues to get relegated. Yeah, definitely. I was seeing a combo on Twitter. I haven't actually got the information up, but I think it would basically take like you guys to beat us and then Barnsley and Burton would both have to win, including quite a, a big a big goal swing. But honestly, like, with, with the Championship, I, we've been in there for a while now, so I, I honestly think it doesn't abide by the laws of football logic. It is, it's a completely random league and kind of betting on it is, I guess, monetary suicide. Because I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago, we managed to lose to... Um, Doncaster the season they got relegated one week and then beat Brighton the next week who ended up winning the league so I mean I'm, I'm quite like sceptical about saying easy games because we make every game hard and I think one of our biggest wins this season was against Cardiff who obviously is second place so yeah we'll see um, but Fulham it's going to be a massive test Birmingham so hopefully sh- we're ready for it. Birmingham shouldn't really be in this position, though, Tim. With with the quality oh, of no. player that you have in your squad, all the way from the back, you know David Stockdale's a very, very good keeper, ex Fulham. Oh, you're just saying that because you're just saying that because he's ex Fulham. No, mean, I but he's a very, you, but... <laughs> I, 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 he's a keeper that we all respect. You've got Hotter in there, Harley Dean. Oh, yeah. You've got good players amongst this squad. So why has it come to this that on the final day of the season there is still a prospect that you could end up in League One next year? I don't know, maybe the Birmingham City shirts are like lace of kryptonite or something. <laughs> it just weighs the players down. I think it was typical that we played um, we played Brentford and lost them after having, in theory, raided their three best players. Uh, and especially, I, I think Hotter was brought in 
in a very turbulent environment. And a, and a player like that, a very luxury player, needs sort of stability. And that's what we're getting now with Gary Monk. But if you think we've had players like, um, we've had managers, sorry, like Harry Redknapp, Steve Cottrell, even in the last like 18 months, and then Zola as well, I don't think the squad has settled. But I, I agree with you. Like, if you look at FIFA, for example, I think we've got the second or third highest rated squad in the championship. So, so we shouldn't be there. But it's just kind of the turbulence around the team, the, un, the unsettled um, atmosphere that's maybe getting to the players, I think. And what are you expecting from Sunday's game? It's probably going to be a tight, nervous affair. Do you oh, yeah. think that yeah. Birmingham will have what it takes to end our unbeaten run and secure that safety for yourselves? I mean, there's nothing I can really point to logically that suggests we will. But I, I, I guess, like, again, I say football a lot of the time doesn't follow anything you can like quantify um, that St Andrews crowd I think is going to be the big one um, I'm not sure how much you've heard about it but I've heard that it's going to be a near sellout and 26,000 people there and abouts in there which bearing in mind I think in the Premier League we averaged about 25,000 a season like that's incredible so I think everyone who's a Blues fan now is excited because they like Gary Monk they, we love having a young English manager again that's what we really wanted back after losing Gary Rowett um, and there's just a, a sense of excitement and looking to build for next season. So I think if, if we can get a result, it will be because of that atmosphere and because of the crowd almost as much as the players. Yeah, I think uh, Gary Monk's a very, very talented manager. It's a great coup, really, for Birmingham oh, yeah, uh, yeah. to entice him in the position that you were in. And yeah, we know all about the ticket struggles because uh, I think <laughs> it is a sellout at St. Andrews. Yeah, and um, the, the, the away end was sold weeks ago. The scramble for tickets amongst Fulham fans <laughs> for Sunday uh, is huge. Even the scramble for tickets for the screenings at Craven Cottage is massive. So yeah. I think that says it all in terms of what a massive match this is uh, for you, for both of us on both sides. Yeah. What kind of threat do you see Fulham posing uh, to Birmingham? And, and how have you generally fared against the sides at the top end of the division? I know you mentioned that you beat Cardiff early this season. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit of potluck really. I think um, we played Wolves in a big derby and it was one of our worst performances of the season, but we managed to keep it down to, um, I think it was two or three, I can't even remember. But generally, I think when we're up against a bigger team, sometimes we just, well, we shut off. It's, it's never going to be a case of taking the game to them because we have this kind of defensive mentality. Um, and it, at our current state, I think that's probably appropriate because we can't be risking absolute hammerings when even now goal difference matters a lot. Um, but, I, you know, I, w- I would like to say, I would like to see a bit more attacking. I was also thinking I, I would quite like it if, in fact, yeah, if we got a draw and then Cardiff lost, so you could get automatic promotion and then we could stay up and it would be like both sets of fans celebrating because I, I remember like Man City QPR when they won the title. It was like, but because QPR stayed up, both fans celebrating and it could be a nice thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be fully on board for that, Tim. That would be a, that'd be a lovely idea for a Sunday <laughs> afternoon if, if, if all parties uh, were happy come around three o'clock once the match is over. So, Tim, I'm going to get you to make a score prediction oh, and no. <laughs> also what will happen to Blues come three o'clock on on Sunday will you still be in the championship even if you lose yeah I I think we'll probably still be in the championship it's kind of like in Harry Potter you can predict your team to lose but they might still catch the snitch I think that makes sense (laughs) but basically um, with with, yeah I'm going to say I'm going to say like a 2-2 I think I think probably yeah I'm going to say you'll be 2-1 up I think it's going to be a good game an open game lots of tension and then we'll probably be fine anyway 
So I'm going to say 2-2 and Blues to stay up. Well, I very much hope that premonition doesn't come true, Tim. Uh, thank you for talking to us on Fulhamish today, Tim. Pleasure, Sammy. It's always it's like when Kevin Coban comes on Match of the Day whenever I speak to you. I feel like I made it. It's my, my highlight of the media career. You're, too, you're, very, <laughs> you're very kind. And uh, make sure uh, if you have any Birmingham uh, City fans or family uh, in your life that they check out uh, Tim's podcast. Tim, what's it called again? It's called The Bluescast, at The Bluescast on Twitter. I was amazed I wasn't taken when we set it up. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, make sure. Tell, you, and I assume you, you can what? subscribe on all the usual channels. Yeah, iTunes we and... we mostly we do it with a station called Brum Radio, which is independent, um, and we put it on Podient, and it should also be available on iTunes. But yeah, go to the Bluescast. Cheers, man. Cheers, Sammy. Have a good one, mate. Hello, I am Brad Hangeland, and when I'm not rubbing my thigh with cheese, I am listening to the Fulhamish podcast. Well, thank you to Tim Arsdell and obviously to Sammy for that wonderful interview. I think it's kind of testament that we're all feeling a little bit nervous about Sunday's game and there's plenty to be nervous about but uh, we decided we were also going to speak to a man who has a bit of a wider view of the championship so Sammy went to speak to Love Sport host Aaron Paul and started by asking him whether he thinks the Whites will nick second spot on Sunday. 100% to be fair I don't really think it's down to Fulham and 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 what they need to do, it's more down to Reading, whether they have any fight left in them. I saw what they did last week at home to Ipswich, which they're an absolute shambles. Uh, but they can beat Cardiff because we know Cardiff are prone to slip up. Look what they did against Derby. Um, I think Fulham will easily beat Birmingham. Birmingham, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really too convinced by them. You know, look at the record for them. We've got, what is it, 23 unbeaten now? Yeah. He'll go to 24. You say that, but, you know, Gary Monk's side is never going to be too easy to beat. He has improved Birmingham a lot since he's been there. I'm not sure it's going to be quite so easy, especially with them having a chance of relegation, albeit quite a lot of things have to go wrong for that to happen. The momentum's with Fulham, though. The momentum is there, and I think momentum leads you you know, into good places, especially in the Football League. We all saw what it did last season, taking Fulham, you know, from sort of mid-table up to seventh, sitting there for weeks and then overtaking Leeds into the last playoff spot. It's, it's a fine thing, especially going into, like, you know, tense games like this. I don't dispute Gary Monk's done a good job and I, I think he'll, he'll probably do a good job at Birmingham next season. I don't think they'll go down. I think there are, there are, there are a lot worse teams around them, Reading being one of them. You know, I think I know Reading are above them, but I just I can't see it happening. Barnsley are down there as well. So, but an Albion, um, I don't know. I just think that this this has a Fulham win written all over it. It is a shame though that Hull really bottled it against Cardiff on Saturday, didn't they? They they barely even put up a fight. Didn't muster a shot on goal. I think that was the one for Fulham and Cardiff that would have been the most likely one where Cardiff would have dropped points. Yeah, it was disappointing. I really thought they'd give it a bit of a go and, and you know, we, we might have seen something that maybe maybe would have given us some optimism, but nothing. You know, I was really, really disappointed with that. And then, you know, of course, it just rests on the final day. As many things have happened, you know, look at, let, let's be fair, how, how many times have we, we looked at different clubs and, and, you know, the endless possibilities that could happen on a final day? It's all it's all part of the the magic of the football league, the excitement of the championship. That's what it's all about, Sam. How much of a special season do you, has this really been uh, for Fulham in in the overall picture? Because it's not very often that a club 
goes this many games undefeated. What's the magnitude of what Slavisa's achieved in this six months? From your, I know you're a Fulham fan, but you're also a bit more of a neutral opinion to this than maybe a uh, a, a me or a Jack or a or a Dom. What from the outside? How big a deal is it that Slavisa's achieved this? I think the flag Slavisa making Fulham great again says it all. He came into the club. When it was, let's be fair, you know, it's it's one of its lowest ebbs in years. It was on the floor. The vibe around the place was absolutely atrocious. You know, people were so negative. There are players in there who really, really didn't care what's happening. And he's just completely transformed what was going on, what was happening at the club. It's absolutely unreal what's happened. Last season was great, you know. And, and I really enjoyed last season. I thought it was brilliant. But then this season's come along and you just wonder, can they better it? Can they push on? Because let's be fair, no no one really gave Fulham much hope at the start of the season. They looked at everyone else and thought, yeah, they're going to be big. They're going to be big. They're going to be big. You know, the likes of Villa. Uh, I don't really think many people had Cardiff in there. People looked at Villa. People looked at Wolves. People looked at, at, uh, at Derby as well. But... No one really tart with Fulham, you know, to do what they've done. And you've got to give credit to Savisa. You've got to give credit to the players. And you've got to give credit to, to TK and his team. I know they've taken real abuse for some of the players they've brought in and some of the signings they haven't made. But, but bringing in Mitro and Target, I mean, just strokes of genius. Mitrovic is, is a class act in the Championship. And he can be a class act in the Premier League if he's playing under the right man. And that man is Slavisa. And, it's just worked out nicely, Sam. It's just worked out really nicely for Fulham. They've, they've got everything together at the right time. Maybe they should have done it a week or two earlier. That probably would have been nice. If they turned up against Brentford, you know, I mean, the Brentford result just still angers me. QPR still angers me. But, you know, hey, what can you do? It's, it's, it's all part of the, uh, the roller coaster that is the championship. But they've got to be proud of where, where they've come from, you know. Um, coming from where... Fulham were two seasons ago to, to hear that they're, they're um, unthinkable and the, the brilliant thing is everyone around fears them they turn around and go they're the best football inside in the championship you know if, if they'd actually started playing like they are now in August they would have I, I reckon they would have run the league away forget Wolves I think they would have done it Fulham you're in the press box a lot at Fulham what's the mood like in there changed over the past few years you said how Fulham was such a a grim place, really, two or three years ago. It was on its knees. And and now Fulham just seems to be the talk of the town. As in, they're playing such attractive football. They're getting such good results. I yeah. find it so encouraging to see not just Fulham fans, but pundits across the footballing world eulogising about Fulham, the way they play, and also the way it's run. Yeah, no, they're, they're, every, everyone's, you know, having, having their piece of it. And they're turning up at the cottage on a Saturday. They're watching some sparkling football and they're writing their bits in their in their Sunday papers. Um, I, I, The mood has changed. I mean, when I when I first went there, there weren't that many actual press about. No one really was too bothered. And, and just the, the atmosphere wasn't great around the press box. The people weren't really too interested. But obviously, since the emergence of the, someone like Ryan Sessegnon, who may I add, is not a left back. <laughs> Any national press listening, he's not a left back. Just stop writing about him. No one's interested. Uh, the 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 emergence of him, you know, you look at Kearney as well, something like that. And and 
the fact that they're playing this champagne brand of football under Savisa is just going to get people interested. And you see, you know, some of the games, it's absolutely rammed in there. And people want to talk about them. They want to write about Fulham. You know, we've seen um, on the sort of the, the Fulham Twitterscape, you know, more and more blogs popping up. Everyone seems to be jumping onto this Fulham bandwagon. And rightly so, they're playing brilliant football. Um, and they deserve to go up. Let's be fair. They play football the proper way. They were denied by by an anti-football side last year. I don't really enjoy how Cardiff play. Let's hope it doesn't happen for a second year. Uh, and speaking of jumping on the Fulham bandwagon, you're hosting uh, the Fulham Fans Show on yeah. Love Sport Radio. Uh, the Fulhamish podcasters are your guests uh, every week. I've been on several times. Dom is on pretty much every week. Jack's been on several times, as has oh, Jack Kelly you. as well. Tell us a little bit about the show and how that people listening to the podcast can also get involved with the radio show every Wednesday evening. Well, we take more of a more more of an alternative view. We like to go off on tangents. We talk all things Fulham. Um, we have a bit of a rant. We 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 just it it's kind of it's kind of maybe your opinion. It's it's your opportunity to say what you want. You can come on and talk about it. It's your platform. We do like going off on tangents. I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about you know some of the worst ever signings and you know there was people like Adrian Leger being mentioned and Bjorn Rumstrom and people, <laughs> I, I just don't know how we got those names but we're just sitting there we're just laughing with each other but it's actually that's your opportunity to do something like that you know you don't get a radio show for them fans you don't get one dedicated to you every week it just doesn't happen but we've given you the opportunity on Love Sport Radio uh, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio but we want to hear from you more importantly we want you to call in we want to talk to us have a rant at us tell us we're talking absolute rubbish do it 0208 7020 yeah, exactly. Definitely get involved with the show. Uh, I'm on there every now and again. Haven't been on for a few weeks and to make sure uh, I come on the show soon. Aaron, listen, if you're in London, it's on AM 558 AM. Uh, you can also listen on digital radio if you're in London. Um, but if you're not in London or you're abroad, you can listen anywhere. Uh, just go to the website, lovesportradio.com. Us Fulham fans with Aaron are on there. Uh, Wednesday evenings, 9 to 10 p.m. UK times. As Aaron says, get involved, give us a call. You know, we can't always take calls on the podcast. It's not difficult just by the very nature of podcasts. Yeah, it's live radio in there. So if you want your say on the team, and especially it's so exciting at the moment, and uh, this is a real platform uh, for you guys. So as Aaron says, make sure you get involved. Aaron, uh, I know you're going to be watching the game on Sunday. Final prediction? 3-1 Fulham. And a Cardiff-Reading prediction? 1-1. Oh, mate. Mate! 1-1. I've got to bat for them. I've got to bat for them. Well, I can't do anything else. I never I never bet against someone I like. I never back, not back someone I like. So, 3-1 for them, 1-1 Cardiff. And I'll be, I'll be reviewing the action with Kevin O'Sullivan on Monday afternoon on Love Sport Radio. So, you'll hear me crying on the radio or, 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 or just being very, very merry. Well, mate, I don't know if I'm ever going to return from Birmingham uh, if that uh, results hap- uh, that result happens. Um, Aaron, thank you for chatting to us and speak soon, mate. Nice one, Sammy. Well, thank you to Sammy, to Aaron and to Tim for their insights on the game this Sunday and looking forward to the, the future. We're hoping very much that Fulham will not have to play any more games after this one on Sunday and therefore we won't have to do that many more podcasts. But whatever happens, you'll hear from us the week after the Birmingham game. 
and we'll see where we go from there. For now, all that's left to do is say thank you very much to Farrell Monk. Thank you, Jack and Ben. Thank you very much to Ben Jarman. Cheers, Jack. <laughs> I've been Jack Collins. This has been the Fulhamish Podcast. We'll see you at Birmingham. You whites. <laughs>